Hey there, just gonna share today about the love of God and about some of the things he's been teaching me uh, in 1 Corinthians 13 and just how to posture my heart before him uh, as I seek him and as I spend time in his word. Um, and just, yeah, it's been a really neat season and a neat uh, revelation that he's been teaching me just how to see him clearly and how to live through him clearly. Hey guys, welcome to the Majestic One podcast. Excited to have you on with us today. The aim of this podcast is to bring us into a deeper love for Jesus through the revelation of Jesus in scripture. Jesus is so beautiful. May God use this episode today to help us to see his majesty in an ever-increasing light. God bless you. So this last week, God has been speaking to me about 1 Corinthians 13. And I have been recognizing in myself that my motivation has not always been love. And my motivation hasn't always been uh, to seek Him. And that is such a crazy thing to me that my motivation could be for some other reason. And yet, in many cases, it has been. And the reason I believe has, number one, been because I haven't been seeing God for who He actually is. I haven't been seeing God in light of his love, in light of love, it says in 1 John 4, verse 16, that God is love. And it says that, I think, earlier on in the chapter as well, I think verse 8. And God is love. And if I have a different view of God than love, then I'm not actually seeing God clearly for who he is. And that's actually really been challenging to me this week, and it's been so good, though. It's been so uh, amazing just to realize God's nature, God's character, and what He is like. And it should be very clear, I think, through, through creation to us to see that God is love. God is beautiful. He's made all of creation to reveal His nature, and apart from sin, uh, this world would be um, such a beautiful place. It would be incredible. And yet, sin has corrupted love. It has corrupted people um, at, at the heart level. People's hearts have been corrupted through sin and through the fall. And because of the fall, people are not walking in the love of God. People are not living through God's love. People are not seeing God as love, and that is who he is, and that's who we are called to be in this world. And yet, um, <laughs> there are some people who, through God's grace, have been born again, and we have the ability, as his people, to walk in his love. And so, what he's been teaching me is 1 Corinthians 13 defines what love is. I'm going to read that to you. 
says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. That is exactly who God is. God is suffering long towards you and towards me. He's kind. He doesn't have envy in his heart. <laughs> uh, Jesus, when he walked this earth, was tempted by the devil with uh, all of the greatest things this world could offer him. And he wasn't envious of those in this world who do have those things. But through love, he denied those things and he laid down his life for his church. He laid down his life for you and for me to redeem us back to God the Father. And the reason he did that is because God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the motivation that God had in sending Jesus to redeem the world from its own depravity, its own rebellion against him. And when you and I begin to realize that God is love, that God's very nature, his character, his heartbeat, it's all love. It all flows from love. That's actually who he is. He doesn't, he doesn't have love for you. As, like, he does have love for you, <laughs> but it's not something he does. It's who he is. He is love. God loves the world because that's who he is. He is God to the world. He is love to the world because that's his very nature. God and love are the same thing. The only reason that even people who are fallen and who don't know God have some capacity to love even a little bit is because God is on the earth and God actually gives grace uh, to all of us. And in after, after this life, in heaven or in hell, there's, there's two things. Heaven, there's only the capacity to love as God has restored humanity back fully to what he created humanity to be, which is love. We're made in his image. But in hell, there will be no more grace, even, to, even the little bit of grace that even this world receives in being able to represent love, even, even in a twisted way. Um, and yeah, just that in hell, there's going to be literally no capacity for love, period. None at all. None whatsoever. And, but God's desire for you and for me, his desire is that we would be restored back to love uh, more and more and more in this life, that we would understand his love, that we would see his love, that we would grasp it and that we would become it more and more. First John chapter 4 is just such an amazing chapter to me. And 
the little bit of time I have spent there. Uh, just so cool what God reveals about his heart, about um, who he is. And in the beginning of the chapter, it starts off with um, John writing and saying to the church that we should test spirits, that we should test where people are coming from when they're coming to teach us. And uh, that we should recognize that not everyone who's naming the name of Christ actually knows him or belongs to him. And that not everything that's being taught about God is actually true. And not everything that's being taught about him is actually in agreement with his nature and with his word. And uh, he talks about how those who say that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, that they're actually not of God. And in John's day, that was used by a group of people called the Gnostics to teach. They were teaching that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. They were teaching that Jesus was God, but that he was just more of a spirit that was manifesting in some kind of a physical way, but yet wasn't actually human. He didn't actually take on flesh. He wasn't actually the word of God made flesh. He wasn't actually one of us. He didn't actually become a human. He was just still a spirit manifesting like a human somehow. Um, and pretty interesting stuff. But the reason they taught that is because they didn't believe that anything that was physical could be good. That everything that is physical is actually evil and everything um, that is spiritual is good. It's such a wrong thing. Um, number one, God made creation to reflect him, to reveal him, to show forth who he is. It says in Romans 1, it talks about how people are actually without excuse because God has revealed himself through creation. Even now, the world that's actually under sin still reveals him, still reveals his nature. And the world... Um, can actually see that and witness that in a fallen creation. And yet, how much more would it be apart from sin, apart from creation being subject to sin? Uh, Romans 8 talks about that. Um, like, how much more would it reveal him? But um, even still, it actually reflects him. It actually reveals God. Creation is actually revealing God. So the physical is not created to be evil, not even at all. Um, it has become evil through the fall, and yet God's going to redeem it, and that's why Jesus came. Jesus was crucified, was buried, rose again the third day to redeem all of creation. The history of creation is redeemed by the Creator. Such a beautiful reality. And so the other thing is that assuming that everything that's spiritual is good, they also taught that which is so false. Um, there are such things called demons, <laughs> and they are not good. They are evil. So is the devil, right? Um, and so those things are wrong, but he's exposing that here at the beginning of the chapter, that people who teach that, they teach that the physical is bad, and spiritual is good, and um, teaching that because we're physical, we just we can't walk like Jesus walked, as it says in chapter 2, 2 verse 6, it says that we ought to walk just as Jesus walked if we say that we abide in him. And uh, really, really neat. But then as it continues on, um, it talks about 
God's love for us in verse seven. It says, beloved, let us love one another. For God, uh, sorry, for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. <laughs> That's so cool to me. He who does not love, this is verse eight, does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested. It was revealed. That's what that word manifested mean. The love of God was revealed toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So God is love and he manifested through Jesus to this world and he showed us what love looks like. And love looks like Jesus being crucified on a cross. And Jesus dying on the cross sets us free that now we can be born again and live through him. We can live in love. We can abide in his love. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He paid the price for our sins, is what that means. <laughs> Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Right? So you can see the progression. So we now, through God's love, we didn't, we didn't love him first. He came and loved us. And it's what he did on the cross that actually gives us love. We don't work our way to try to become this thing. We don't try to work really hard so we can please God. He sent his son and is fully pleased in his son, his beloved son. So he could take us out of the kingdom of darkness and translate us into the kingdom of the son of his love. And so as it continues on, though, in 1 John 4, it then goes in and starts talking about love again. It's, this whole chapter is like so focused on love. Uh, and picking up in verse 16, it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So if we're abiding in love, we're abiding in God. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, and who is he, what is he? He is love. This is, this is so simple, but so profound, so transforming. So as he is, so are we in this world. So, this is the reason we have boldness on Judgment Day. It's because as he is, so are we here in this world. So, God is love, and now as we live through him, we're actually his love in this world. So, you and I are living in love. And when we live through his love, it actually removes Fear, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. 
right? So we actually have no fear as we're living in God's love. We're living through his love. We're actually his love in this world. And because we are his love, we're not afraid of judgment. That's just an incredible reality here that he's teaching us, that he's actually revealing, hey, if we are living love, if we are actually living that in this world, why would we have anything to fear? I don't know about you, but living without any fear of standing before God sounds so good. <laughs> and that's what we're called to have. And that's what we're called to be. And that's what we can be um, through his love. I've also been um, reading a little bit in Matthew 24. The other morning I woke up and just really had Matthew 24 in my heart. And I've just been realizing that more and more we're really living in Matthew 24 right now. That the day that we're in is a day that is kind of obviously increasingly getting darker and worse in the world. Um, but a day that I believe is getting brighter and more glorious in the church. Um, yeah, Matthew 24, Jesus talks about signs that will come at the beginning of the chapter, um, different things. Um, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, he talks about nations rising up against nations. Uh, there will be famines and pestilences, earthquakes, and all these things are just the beginning of sorrows, right? They're actually revealing God's judgment against sin that's in this world. And God is showing forth his goodness, his love, his nature, his perfectness, his <laughs> righteousness. And he doesn't tolerate corruption. He doesn't tolerate evil. He doesn't tolerate sin. Not at all. Oh, that's because he's good. That's because he's love. And so he's destroying those things. And though this, <laughs> this world is full of them, he's going to restore uh, a kingdom to this earth that is not polluted by any of these kinds of things. Uh, but yeah, as, as darkness kind of increases, uh, it's a, just a clearer sign that Jesus is coming, is getting closer. Uh, and... We don't know the time, the hour. We don't know exactly when he's going to come. But we can see the signs. And we should always be ready. Uh, I love Acts 1. It talks about in 7 and 8 that where the disciples are asking Jesus, like, signs of uh, his, his coming uh, and restoring the kingdom. And he, he says, like, it's not for them to know those things. Uh, but then he goes into verse 8. From verse 7, where he just says in verse 7 that it's not for them to know, you know, when he's going to restore the kingdom. But it's actually what they should be focusing on is what he's going to do in pouring out the Holy Spirit. Is that they would receive power from on high when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. And then they would be witnesses in all of the earth. And that's his desire. He, God's not going to tell you and me when he's going to come. But we should live like he's always going to come any moment. Uh, 
One day, he's actually going to come. It's going to be so good. But that day is not here. And the reason is uh, God is desiring all people to come to repentance because he's love and he, he doesn't want to judge people. Uh, if, uh, sorry, Ezekiel, I think it's chapter, oof, I'm probably way off in the chapter. <laughs> uh, it's like 36 or something, but it says that he doesn't delight in the death of the wicked. But he's actually, Second uh, uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9, talks about how God is long-suffering towards us. Uh, not wanting anyone to perish, but desiring that all people would come to repentance. That's his desire. So, but he's given us the Holy Spirit that we take the gospel to all people. And so here in Matthew 24, it talks about uh, God's people being delivered up and going through trials and going through difficult things. It talks about then many false prophets that they will actually rise up and deceive many. They'll actually teach us to follow Jesus in a way he never told us to. Uh, they'll actually lead us away from him. They'll actually tolerate sin. They'll actually not know him. First uh, John 4, as we were talking about earlier, talks about those who uh, walk in love, that they actually know him. Uh, so clearly, uh, they, they're actually teaching people to not live in his love. They're actually teaching people to not actually follow in obedience to his love and to his word, to his nature. Um, and that, that theme holds true of other areas like Matthew 7 where it talks about people who, you know, they've actually done miracles in his name. They've actually cast out demons. They've done, they've done some things. Um, and yet they never knew him. They weren't walking in love. Um, if they were walking in love, they would know him because that's what First John 4 reveals. Um, so love is huge in this. And, and that's what I would like us to really see in this is that actually it's God's love that takes us through all of these things. Um, verse 12 says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And that's just a really dangerous thing. Um, something for us to be aware of and to be on guard of uh, is our love, that we don't let our love grow cold. We really need to focus on his love. Uh, if, we, if we get moved away from his love, we, we can grow cold. Um, and that can be because of the, the darkness that's increasing in the world and all the evil that's in the world. Um, all the sickness, the pestilence, all that stuff, um, all the wars, right? Um, the hatred, um, the godlessness, uh, all the lawlessness is aimed at one thing, destroying love. <laughs> it's actually, it's one, the one goal of darkness is to crush love because that's who God is. And if darkness can destroy love it's destroying God and it's destroying his kingdom and that's how the enemy wins this thing uh, he's not going to win <laughs> Jesus is coming and the enemy will be judged 
And then we continue on. Verse 13 says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Right? That's a pretty uh, biblical thing. Uh, it says in uh, Colossians 1.23 that if we continue in the faith, that we're righteous. So there's a, there's a continuing that's taught throughout Scripture uh, that we have to continue uh, and remain in the faith, uh, remain uh, in God's kingdom. Uh, and a lot of people are going to be pushed away from God because uh, of all the evil that's in this world. And the way in which they'll be pushed out from God and away from Him is their love growing cold. That will be the evidence that people are getting away from God. But the way for us to endure is to focus in, on love and grow in love. Um, and then verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. I can just so see God's heart in that. He's not gonna come until the gospel is being preached to everybody, until everybody is hearing the gospel, until everyone is having an opportunity to know him, to, to hear the gospel, to repent. Uh, you know, in Acts, it says that God in past time overlooked uh, different, <laughs> different religions, different evils that were going on in the world. Uh, but in these last days, he's actually commanded all people everywhere to repent. Uh, and he's, he's calling everyone to come to Jesus um, for salvation. And such an awesome reality. But that's his heartbeat. That's his nature. Um, and he's doing that. And so, um, you know, John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just that simple gospel verse, right? Like that is the motivation for us now as we're living through God's love in 1 John chapter 4. That as we're living as his love in this world, that he's actually sent us into this world. You could be able to say it that way and should be able to say it that way, that God so loved um, this world that he sent his church to point to Jesus, that through the church, whoever believes in Jesus will be saved. That's our mission. That's what we're here for. This is the one reason we're alive. It's to be God's love in this world. And his love will keep us from following false teaching, from false prophets. It will actually expose those things. And his love will actually cause us to, um, just as God is a shepherd over his church, as, as he is shepherding the church at large, and his heart for the church is love, he cares about her, he's going to, kick those wolves in the teeth, right? Like he's, he's not going to be kind. He's not going to 
be loving. It, well, he's, he's still love, <laughs> but he's going to bring judgment against people who are trying to come in and corrupt his church. And that's his nature, and that actually flows from his love. Um, and that should also be in us, that we should actually hate uh, teaching that is actually leading people away from God. And uh, we should, through love, actually expose those things. Um, and we should care about people who are deceived or who are being deceived um, and love them. But we should also keep things that would actually keep people away from God out. And that, that also flows from love. But his love is actually what enables us to endure to the end. And it's what makes us uh, witnesses ultimately in this world. That, that should be the heartbeat. And his spirit is empowering us through love to be witnesses to this world. So back to 1 Corinthians 13. What is love? It's defined as suffering long. That's the first thing on the list. And that's what God has called you and I to do. This world is evil. But as we grow in God's love and we abide in his love, we remain there. He's going to produce long suffering. So we go through suffering in this world. We're going to have to. But actually that suffering will produce more love because that's where love is found. Love suffers. Love suffers long and is kind. Um, this world is not very kind. Um, and I just think it's amazing that God's kindness that comes from his love is actually one of the very... Um, that, that, that's one of the things that should characterize us. But that's also what the world longs for. The world wants that. Um, and yet they don't know where to get it. Uh, and they should be getting it from God and from us, uh, the church. Um, yeah, I've been really challenged by the definition of love. And really just calling into question my own self in the sense of love like just asking the question god am i really pursuing this is this really my heartbeat is this is this the center of my life is god's love the central theme of my life and I, in some places maybe but in plenty of places it hasn't been that and uh yeah so man it just god's really exposed that in me um but one of the things that god's been teaching me and uh it was this week, and this is, for me, this is a lifelong habit that I'm going to do. Like, this is, I'm really excited to, to put this into practice. Um, it's just that God spoke to me that, uh, yeah, I've been seeing him differently than love, and he wants me to see him only as love. Um, and so the way he's teaching me to do that is, for me, I'm just starting in 1 Corinthians 13 every time I read my Bible. And then from there, uh, he'll lead me to other places to read. Um, and sometimes I don't get past 1 Corinthians 13, but other times when I do, it puts in perspective everything else in Scripture. Um, it says in 1 John 1 uh, that Jesus um, was the Word, that 
In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, speaking of Jesus, uh, then verse 14 says, The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Speaking of Jesus. So Jesus is the Word, so, and the Word of God is contained in all of Scripture. So Jesus is the perfect revelation of who God really is. And God really is love. <laughs> and so if, if you see all of Scripture through the lens of love, you're seeing God for who He is. And so that's, he's teaching me that. And uh, so, it's been so good and so cool to see scripture in just with a fresh set of eyes, honestly. And uh, it's been wrecking me lately because I'm realizing my need to see clearly his love and to be his love and to live this way. And uh, I would highly encourage you to do that, to put into practice uh, seeing God through love, um, even honestly, reading First Corinthians thirteen before you read anywhere else, what He's been speaking to me is that if you get love right, you get everything else right. If you get love right, everything else flows naturally from that place. Like if you just read your Bible because you love God, you would read your Bible a lot. Um, it would just be natural because if you're going to suffer long because that's what love is then who cares if it's late at night you're going to read the word probably right like it, it it translates into so many different areas in really every area of your life but it changes everything and uh, it's been changing everything for me and uh Really, uh, I personally believe that this is to be my number one thing. Like this is, for me, this is like the message I think that God has for me to share uh, and to be and to, to live out. Um, and so for me, this is the greatest thing he's probably ever taught me is this right here, that I'm to uh, begin my journey in 1 Corinthians 13 and live everything out of 1 Corinthians 13. Not only just understanding all of Scripture through that and reading there first before I read anywhere else, but actually in, in every other area uh, of life um, that the reason I share the gospel would only be because of love. Um, uh, that I would only fast or pray or worship God because of love and I have to see him as love to do those things properly but as I see him as love I live through love as I live through him then and just everything else it's like falls into place huh? and uh, well I just believe that love is the greatest revelation that we can have um, and Whew, it's been so good and it's really changing my life and so um, yeah I, I really feel like I'm not somebody who is for a long time I had been into finding systems for uh, approaching God uh, very mechanically and he's really changed that in my life and I'm so grateful um, 
but this is one thing I do think that would be a huge benefit to anyone and everyone is if we began in 1 Corinthians 13 and lived that and then lived all of our Christianity out of that, it would change everything. It would change the world. Um, God is love. And if we abide in love, we abide in God. And if we abide in God, then this world is going to see it. And they can see him through you and through me. That's what we're made for. That's why we're his image. And uh, this is where the Bible defines love. It defines love as being long-suffering and kind. It doesn't envy. It goes on and on. It's amazing. And it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And love never fails. And if, if we can live in a biblically defined love, like, it's game over for the enemy. And yeah, this is so clear to me now. And uh, I just, I have to share it. And I would highly encourage you to read the word through the lens of love. And uh, even put into practice, at least consider maybe putting into practice reading First Corinthians 13 before you read anywhere else. Not that you have to at all. Um, but... For me, it's really quite seriously changing everything. And uh, it's so much fun. It's so freeing. And it's just like, I don't think, I haven't desired to be in God's word more than I have at this point in my life. Um, I haven't desired to share with people more than I have at this point in my life. It's, and it's all due to motivation. And uh, he just correcting my motivation and making it, more pure and more like him, more like love. And so he's doing that through teaching me to start in First Corinthians 13. I would encourage you to at least consider that, but certainly live through love, see him through love. And uh, let that be your only motivation. Let love be your only motivation and the only way that you see God. If you see God differently than that, and if you live outside of that, you're not going to see God properly and you're not going to live properly. So, well, God loves you. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, thank you for revealing the love of God to this world. And we would not know what love looks like if you never came. And when you hung on the cross, you expressed what love truly looks like. Love suffers long. Love is kind. I pray, Lord, that we would become that very love. God, one day all people will see you fully and clearly when you come, when you return. Uh, but now, God, they're called to see you through us. I pray that we would reveal you, God, through our lives, through walking in love. And Jesus, that as the world grows darker, that your church would come alive in this hour and walking in love and revealing you. And God, that we would hasten your coming because we're preaching the gospel in all the world. Hmm? There's many people, Jesus, who are not touched by your love, who have not seen your love. Pray, Lord, that we would go all over this earth 
for one reason, because of love, sharing love, living through love. God, we bless you. You're so amazing. And I pray that you'd help us to have eyes to see and ears to see, ears to hear. Um, and God, that you would um, help us to see you rightly. God, other areas where we have been taught wrong, that false teaching has actually perverted our ability to see you as love and to live through love. God, I pray that you would rip off those blinders. God, that you would destroy those lies. God, that you would crush everything in our lives that doesn't look like love, that you would make us more and more like you, God, as you come closer and closer to your return. Lord, I pray that we would live as your love in this world, and we would have no fear in your coming. And as we live in your love, uh, that we would actually have boldness on that day when you come. God, we love you, and we're thankful for you. Pray that you would help us to see this, to live in this. Thank you for changing uh, everything about our lives to make us the revelation of your love. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us today. I pray that the presence of God will manifest more richly in your life after listening to this episode. May God help us to see Jesus for who he is and cause us to fall in love with his glory. God bless.